my accounts. Uh, uh, rifling through thought... my pa- I caught the powder rifling through my private papers. And, so, <laughs> and I talk to you now, poor man. And, and a poor man lost in France. Okay, right. Are we ready? Yeah. Stop doing that. That is exactly the kind of thing I don't want you to do. What? What you just did. Okay, I'm, right. I'm just, I was just positioning myself. So, here we are, episode 13. We mm. are sitting in a cafe in France. Uh, Paul, tell us why we're here. Uh, do you want to tell us why we're here? Why, why, no, you no, mean no. generally? Or? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to just think that again. Let me think again. Hello, welcome everybody. Good to uh, have you back on board. Welcome. This is Paul. Hi there. And this is Guy. Hello. Hello. Um, Hi, Guy. We are transmitting today from a cafe in France. <laughs> transmitting? <laughs> Isn't that what we did? Broadcasting. <laughs> podding. We are podding. Transmitting. We, we are catapulting this pod from the bean of a cafe in France. Here we are. Where we have spent, we spent two days crossing France by automobile motoring through France. Motoring is the word. My friend and I have motored from the ferry. It was, Paul, didn't you find that the ferry was so much better than EasyJet or Ryanair? It was extraordinarily well appointed, guy. Right. No, and just the whole way they treat you. Do you remember we turned up really late and there wasn't all that faff, 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 oh, security, we haven't got you, you're not booked in early enough. It's like, come on, you can, we can no, get you on He's having a chat with you, a friendly chat about smuggling and what yeah. a laugh it was. Boom, 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 boom. And there's no bomb threats because you can't bomb the ferry. You can't bomb a ferry. You can, actually. But you it would be useless. Big bomb. It would be pathetic. You know, they wouldn't bother with it. So it's so nice. So it's like an insecurity-free place. And well, actually, you can drive one of those lorries on. Padoom. Well, yeah, and you sink a ferry with eight people on it. I don't know. It just doesn't have the appeal of a, of a jet airliner <laughs> over London. No. They're not interested. They're not interested. No. Whoever they are, whether, whether they are Islamic, whether they're Christian, whether whoever they are, they're not, they do not. It doesn't attract the terrorists, the ferry trade. It's the mentality. It's maybe one of the problems of it. <laughs> they probably it's wish that they, would, they could get that glamour, <laughs> unfortunately. But the great advantage is, is that you and I got on that ferry... We drove down, we left about six in the morning from my house. We got to the ferry, just, they just waved us straight on. They didn't even check our passports, did they? Yeah, they made a little, a little curse when we glanced at our passport. Didn't check our tickets. On the way in, the French didn't even look at them. And suddenly we're there. Oh, oh, oh! At Seagulls and the, and the, and the Channel. The Expanse. Well, actually, it was that beautiful um, journey out through Pool Harbour first, which was just yeah, delicious. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, then we got to the other side, having had a bit of a drink and a lie around and... And that's when our adventure really started. We motored south. We toured in the pissing rain. We toured. We toured south. Driving rain. We toured south, and we were coming to see my mum down here in the Tarn, which is slap bang in the middle of France, just above the Pyrenees, uh, an inch or two in the map above the Pyrenees, and. We, we, we went down the spine of France, cutting in under Paris, and Paul picked out three tourist attractions for us to take here on our way south. And uh, Paul, what was selected. the first one? I selected, selected three yeah. choice, a choice programme of, uh, of events. Exactly, family attractions. Yes, exactly. The first one being the, uh, the venue of the, of the, uh, of the uh, ignominious burning of, of Urbain Grandier, um, libertine, and an all-round good bloke, I thought, actually, uh, who was the subject of Aldous Huxley's book, The Devils of Loudon. So we went to Loudon. Which I only knew from the movie, the Ken Russell movie. 
um, which had very vivid sets designed by Derek Jarman, I remember that. Yes. Glenda Jackson, Oliver right. Reed. It's very Great futuristic. 80s, 70s, 80s English movie. 70s. 70s English movie. And uh, Paul discovered that it all happened in this place. And <laughs> so we went into town and it was a nondescript, really, really excellent French town with no tourists because it was not very pretty. Uh. And... So you, it didn't have that honeypot thing of American and Japanese and British. And it was closed because it was out of season. Though. And it was out of season, so it had, uh, but it was actually uh, kind of authentic and quite, you know, a, a proper place. It had a medieval centre, for instance, but it wasn't cute enough that it um, got loads and loads of people. Uh, piling into it, but it got me and Paul, and we parked the car. We don't know why we parked the car, but later we found out. <laughs> so we went to the tourist information centre by accident, and, I, and we both said to the lady, où est-il Yeah, do you remember we said we would only speak to them in French? Yes. And the woman looked desperate. <laughs> she spoke English. She thought it was going to take hours. And I said, où est-il Brouet? Uh, you better explain why Urban Grandier was killed. He was, was, was burned, burned at the stake for because he 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 g'd up the local ladies to the extent that it, that the, the word nuns. word no word of his exploits spread to to, to to the convent, and then the nuns started getting a bit excited about because he was actually a priest who had also petitioned against celibacy in the priesthood and had several own. lovers. And obviously it was a bit of a jack the lash. total goer. He was in the wrong taping of Craft Victory. He was a player. And, and his crime really, Paul, this is what we were trying to work was out. Being was being a shagger. Was being a shagger, yeah. yeah. He was a well out of control shagger mm. in the 14th century? 15th, 16th century? 17th century. 17th century in France. Catholic France. 16th And it was 30. a dangerous occupation. So he, some, some respect has to be conferred upon him. Because he could easily <laughs> have stopped... He just retired to yeah. masturbation in the oh, country. Oh, off and, and been he, he got he got a whole goddamn convent going. <laughs> and there were these fantastic <laughs> stories that we find where all the nuns were like kind of rubbing themselves frotting. up and down, frotting up, rubbing themselves up and down on the walls whenever he went by. He's like well out of control. Well, he wasn't. He just really turned everyone on. But what they did was they went into the nuns and said, they turned on "He's him. messed with you." And the nun said, no, he hasn't. We like him. But there was one mad nun who was at the, at the head of it all, played by Glenda Jackson in the movie. And she said, yes, he has actually. He's visited me in the night in the form of a succubus. Yeah, totally. And then, they, and then they whipped them all up into a frenzy and threatened them with physical violence. And then they all turned against him. And yeah, they made him sign up. They made, they made them kind of sign sort of depositions saying that he had made a pact with the devil. But it was two gangs of pervs, basically. It was the pervy nuns who were perved out because they couldn't get any cock. And the jealous men. And the jealous men who were... And who didn't hated like any se around. female sexuality erupting forth. And what they saw was all the nuns getting sexy and all the girls getting sexy because of Urbane rock style Grandier. Mm -hmm. And so they just had to... They had to pour acid on it. They had to stop it. They had to kill it with... Burn it with fire. Mm. And that's what happened. Yeah, anyway, and Paul said... Where, but in French, it took us a bit of time to get that. Where did they actually? Where did they actually cook him? Where did they actually burn him alive? And the woman pointed basically back to the point of exactly the point in the square where our car was parked. It was amazing. It was like fuck. Epic lover got got burnt alive. Yeah. For basically for for rooting, rooting and a tooting. <laughs> he basically, was too good at rooting, and they did him for it. They did him for it. He was banged to rise. But they, uh, the thing was, it, I think that it, there was a bigger political picture as well, which I think was alluded to in 
in the book, which was bringing everything under the control of the central government at the time. Is that familiar? Don't know, guy. You tell mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everything's about Brexit. Everywhere I look, it's about Brexit. Oh, Brexit. And how Brexit. how Brexit cruelly cut down a lovely lover in his prime. Brexit was responsible for the death of Urbain Grandier. Kind of, in a way. What in, you mean? The, the little jiggery so of the time. So it's spectre of Brexit has come down through the edges as some kind of resurgent re- political yeah, narrative. It's now revealing itself, yeah. yeah. Just the boring people in suits just trying to stop... Any trying to control it all trying again. Trying to stop any fun going on in the, in the, in the margins. Now, feel free to write in about this, because Guy's views on this are quite controversial. I wouldn't say that. Well, no, they're not. They're in the majority, actually, exactly. or they were last time we looked. But I, I, I agree with you in that I don't like big government, but let's come back to that and continue with our, um, our, our journey into, the, into what is soon to be a very foreign concept. We went into a cafe to get a quick... We thought we were going to pod there and then. We were so excited. But <laughs> we went into a cafe, but there was really shite French music. And a wall of guys staring at us. Shite French music, which, which mitigated no, And those guys with flat caps on who all yeah. turned round. Yeah, and they were like all getting absolutely caned about 10 in the morning. And they looked at us like we were. It was really good. Fucking like, They looked at us like we were a pair of Algerian terrorists yeah, who just walked in. But they were, the woman was very nice. She was lovely. Yeah. But certainly, you didn't feel much of Urbain Grandier's um, uh, attractive Meat. genes were, were, had gone down to this lot. Yeah. They, were the, they were the other lot. They, they Do you think they triumphed? They looked at us and thought, if you two have got any flash ideas that the women are in this town, we advise you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just keep, well, keep it in your, your pants, mate. Yeah, keep it in your car out. I think there's an opening, as I said to Guy there, though, for A, an occult bookshop, and B, uh, the, the Café du, du Le Diable, if oh, anyone yeah. fancies a, an opportunity Satanic there. cocktails. Because it could definitely be a... a, 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 a what do you call it? A, a pilgrimage point for yeah, them. Yeah, right. It's called an attraction nowadays. <laughs> no, it's pil- no I mean a pilgrimage for the uh, for the for the occult. for your devil worshippers, yeah, for your occult. Really, yeah. Because he was accused of being in league with the devil. That's how they kind of got. That's the technicality they got on one. But we, when we went into the tourist office, there was no signs about this story. No sign no, of him anywhere. Yeah, it's not true because do you remember the main square where he was burned what was, was called. Was called. Uh, Plasterbin Grandier. Yeah. Grandier. Otherwise, n- there was no other sign, but when we mentioned it to the tourist lady, she knew exactly she what was like, oh. Yeah. So she's obviously been asked before, yeah, hadn't she? Must have been, yeah. yeah. So then from there, anyway, so we, then we, we sallied forth with that ringing in our ears, really, and we bought a bottle of really good wine. And some glasses. And some glasses. Guy insisted on buying glasses and a very nice course. I sent Paul over the road to get some... I sent Paul. I, I sent, yes, that's what he did. He sent me <laughs> over the over to the baker's to get some oh, to get some bread. Yeah, we. S'il vous plaît. Oui. C'est encore uh, la même, s'il vous plaît. La même chose. Merci. Oui, la même chose. Merci. The même chose. De café, de cognac. Merci, monsieur. Anyway, we went over the. Uh, we went. We went. Uh, Paul went over the road <laughs> to the boulangerie and came back with half a baguette. Oh. What's and wrong with that? Everybody has half you, a baguette. You got the man to cut it in half, and I just it was all, they were already so... cut. Oh, were they? Oh, right. Yeah, Sorry. I just oh, said I, th- I want one of those. Oh, I thought you'd ask for it to be cut. And Guy, I just what kind of freak do you think I am? That's exactly the freak I thought you were. I never knew that. Anyway, meantime, I no, piled, you assumed. I piled Guy. up with cheap pate. This is Guy. I piled up with cheap pate. When you assume, Guy, you make an ass out of you and me. Okay, right, 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 right. And we got in the car, popped open the pomerol. And mooted south, not drunk. Oh, I'd say, I'd say we, we'd like to have a little sip of wine. We were not driving drunk. No, just, we have to stay that for the record. Just having, yeah, we're just having a. We know the difference, and on this case, we weren't drunk. And, and speaker, 
and, and we uh, um, drove south and took in the next family tourist attraction that Paul and I decided to go to, yes. which was the Civo high-pressure water reactor nuclear power dual, station. Dual, dual. pressurised water reactors uh, at Civo, yeah. yeah. A nuclear reactor. Yes. And I have to say, it was a very... If you want to see something impressive, which well, a lot of people, they go to art galleries and so forth because they want to see something impressive, this absolutely knocked the socks off anything that you could see made up by an artist. Mm -hmm. This was... A, a, a really, it, 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 it appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, it so did. You kind of went Huge small, cooling towers. wood. Mm. And suddenly, on the, other, on the other side of a, merci, on the other side of a kind of very low-grade um, chain-link fence with one roll of wire on it on the other side was this absolutely mammoth concrete uh, uh, factory. Two huge cooling towers. Chundering out energy. And, and also, t and, and twin, I've never, I mean, I've seen pictures before of PWRs, but pressurised water reactors, which are, they look a bit like, um, they look a bit like, a, just like a cylinder with a round cap on, really, with, a, with like a, a hemispherical cap. And um, so a little bit like, you know, like a bullet, really. And there were two yeah, of them. Yeah. I've never seen two sitting together like that. And uh, anyway, it was great. And huge clouds of steam. But what was really interesting was the, was the minimal amount of fuss surrounding it. Yeah, very There, there was no signs, the security was minimal, and yet we discovered by, uh, on the Googleplex, obviously, that it had been the subject of a, th of a threat of um, airborne attack, attack. By, by, by Islamic terrorists in 1998, which was foiled, obviously. But anyway, it was great, it was really exciting. I, w I wanted to get out and guy refused to let me, as he did also with the, we should explain also the other thing that was going on, which there's an industrial dispute, dispute going on. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. How does that feel? Hello, 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 hello. Bonjour. Bonjour. Salut. Salut. Oui, ça va, ça va très bien. Anyway, uh, while all this is going on, there is a, the background to our visit involved a, a a minor social insurrection about, among other things, the price of fuel and uh, a bit like the one we had a few years ago in England. Fuel protest. Yeah. But I think it's broadly as well against um, against uh, Macron, isn't it? And yeah, his... and yeah it, was, it was totally taken in by the state to the extent that when we were going along the motorway, there were electronic signs warning you of the roadblocks ahead. What did they call it? Manifestation sociale. Um, une manifestation yes. sociale. Deux kilometres. Uh, to, to warn you, because they, they, they put it onto the digital boards. They'd already bracketed it. Yeah, they'd already taken it into account. And it's really... Um, it's just so pathetic. <laughs> the French attempts at trying to break out from the establishment. Uh, how impotent they are and how they can never... Just look at their music, it's a very good example. Yeah, but they weren't very impotent in 66, were they? they well, they were the, perhaps the last row. That, that was, was it, yeah, they, then that's when they, they realised. They achieved absolutely nothing. Yeah, that's true. And... Good posters. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's something from a revolution, isn't it? Got, look, they always the had the best posters. Yeah, yeah, the revolution of the best posters, yeah. Anyway, so we went through a couple of these things. Paul was really keen to stop. I was not keen to you stop. You weren't having it. They were like burning fires and he there were people... He was shitting like, himself. 
I was not <laughs> shitting myself. <laughs> work, I, I was appropriate. Admit it, there were beads of sweat on your forehead, and you were like, I'm really not comfortable with this. We've got to get as far away from this from this looking. I was appropriately <laughs> such an accusing look right now. Like I really, I'm sorry, guy, but this is a truthful pod, and you know that. Paul, I was appropriately cautious. Paul just wanted to get out of the car and join Revolution. in, and there was going to be a fight with the police, and Paul was going to get involved. No, that's and they were what going to I said. The, impound, I did impound not. The car. I said, and I was thinking, of, like, we've got a dinner table I booked. Said, I've got a dinner. I've got I dinner. Said, we could be let's late go for and show solidarity with our French brothers and sisters. That's yeah. what I said. And I don't feel any at all. Obviously not. Paul, Paul really did that. It was quite sick. Good thing. Guy was like, let's show superiority by not by leaving as quickly as possible. <laughs> no, we did not. Is this, which, funnily enough, guys, is your <laughs> modus operandi <laughs> with, with pretty much everything, including Brexit. <laughs> no, it's not true. It's got anyway, a so we, it was quite good going through these quite scary. They were sort of picket lines. They were stopping some guys, cars. They were scary. Paul oh. said. I hope they stop us. It'd be they great if they stop me, guy. I'm going to get out and I'm going to tell them about you know the various. You, you you said I'll bond with them really quickly, and I thought this is going to go so badly. And I said, wrong. don't worry, guy. I won't denounce, denounce you. He said I'll denounce you. Said I'll denounce you, guy. If you don't behave yourself, I said I'll denounce you. Anyway, we got through them all, and this is. They would have loved to have caught you, actually, wouldn't they? Thinking about it. There'd have been a real feather in that cap no, catching no, you. No, they wouldn't. They would have understood. They would have, they they would have, have done a Hans Martin Schleier on you. They would have had innate They'd have bundled you up into the back of no a, a Berlingo. They would have had innate respect for a man of oh. my, in, you know, of, of my, of my kind. <laughs> of your yeah, kind. They would have accepted that I don't have the same philosophies of them. No, but they also kind. would have treated me well. And they would have yeah, probably and led me to their leader. A cap in your ass. Probably led me to the leader where we when would have nobody made stumped it, up the, the money. Had a brandy together and <laughs> discussed as men our differing opinions. Yeah, and then he would have put his hand on your shoulder like this, <laughs> and he'd have walked out of the room, and then he'd burst in and handcuffed you to a radiator, and then eventually put a hood on your head, and <laughs> when no, because nobody stumped this, up the money to save you. Put this horrible file at the it's yeah, too close to the bone. Yeah, look, they would have, they guy would have, looks genuinely rattled. They would have treated me with complete respect, Un unlike you, who they would have just seen as just a riffraff. What? Anyway, we, we we went through the picket lines bravely, and oh, we went. And Paul then took me to a place which I had heard of, but I didn't know anything about, and that really was, I would say, a fairly seismic moment in my life. Even though it's only 24 hours ago, I feel it had a very deep effect on me. Yeah. I would tell Paul, tell us where we went next. Well, we went, we, I'd, I don't know if anybody remembers, probably you do remember, The World at War. And the end of The World at War, the, the epic uh, British television series, the last bit was this really quite powerful part talking about a place called Oridus uh, Saglan where the uh, Waffen-SS went in and killed every man, jack and dog in there. Why? Why did they As do that? As a reprisal for the, for the Maquis. One, they'd taken one person? Yeah, they said they kidnapped somebody and it wasn't even clear that they had. Really? Yeah, I mean, they were basically just very battle-hardened and very aggressive, the Waffen-SS, and they'd, be, they'd been in, the, in, the, in Belarus and, and it was, became normal... Um, it became normal um, operational practice to go into a village and just kill everybody and raise it to the ground because they were basically looking for the commissariat and Jews and uh, and communist threats and stuff so when they came to France they, I think they found it very hard to shift down a gear and uh, for whatever reason they went in there and killed everybody 
Um, and then after they'd killed everybody... This is a it, June afternoon, yeah, probably May, good weather. May, I was it May? May yeah. I thought it was June. Was it? Summer afternoon. June 10th, yeah. I, I, I don't know what the weather was, but sort of in my it imagination... It was fine weather. It was fine weather. And, and after the war, that, well, they took this, this German brigade, whatever, they weren't a brigade, whatever they were, unit, they were, unit they were. took all of the population of this very pretty village because the village has been... God, it's beautiful, isn't the, it? The village has been allowed to stand as it was on the afternoon uh, 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 that they were all killed and the people were rounded up, separated into groups and dealt with in various ways. None of them particularly friendly. No. And... That's a bit of an um, understatement. They put the women and children into the church. They took the men into two groups, into two, a garage and some sheds. They machine gunned the legs of the men and then burned them alive with petrol. And then they went into the church and set fire to the church after machine gunning through the windows. Anybody who came out through the windows was shot. Um, there was a lot of people. This is like six or seven. 700 people. Six, six, the heat was people. so intense it melted the bell. We found the bell in there melted. Yeah. And they and after the, and, and after the it was towards the end of the war. And then they shelled the then they shelled the village. Then they shelled the village. Oh, so, so, so you're presented now with a ruined village, as it was. The after shells exploded the at roof height. You can right. see that because all the roofs have gone, most of them and. There are girders bent downwards, so you can see where the high explosives was exploding at rooftop height and destroying basically any chance of, of habitation because it destroyed all of the structural um, aspects of the buildings. But it's all exactly as it was, and all the cars are burned out, and it's yeah, amazing, yeah. actually. God, it's, it's, amazing. it's very much as it, as it was that afternoon. I guess after then, no, everyone was scared to go there, and then the war finished, and someone must immediately said we're not going to bulldoze this down, I want this to be left as it is. Of course, there were a lot of, uh, there were a lot of uh, kind of graves there, because there, there were a lot of bodies there. Mm. And when you walk through this really beautifully laid out village, uh, you see signs of the lives that went on there. Mm. And for me, it's, it was so deeply affecting, mainly because, uh, I don't want to go on about this, there was no there was very little intervention by any curators or any artists. It was just absolutely as it was. And I wasn't ha it wasn't having it interpreted for me by no. anyone. And you looked through the windows of these houses and saw their lives as it were, that had just been stopped so suddenly that afternoon. And unlike Pompeii, where I have never been, or Chernobyl, where I have never I've been. I've been to Pompeii. Where the same thing happened, it was suddenly stopped quickly. This, this thing was man-made. Those two, or you could say Chernobyl was, but still, it, yeah. you know, it wasn't deliberately done. This was absolutely 100%... Some might say, but go oh, on. for God's sake. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. This was del a deliberate act of malice. And yeah. Extreme. There are a number of things about the houses that you kept, I looked into and I remember the first thing I noticed was the number of sewing machines. Almost every house had a sewing machine in it, so which was pitiful, still there. So pitiful, wasn't it? So pitiful, these well, sewing In the machines. spot in the room where it was all those years ago, when they were... Maybe at an angle where it had fallen. Yeah, where or... fall, you know, when they, when they, where they'd been pulled out of their houses and shot and then oh. burned. And... I, I did think then how much, how clothes making was part of the community. 
Mm. And now it's it's so not part of the community. It's, it's, done, it's done miles away now. Mm. It's done in China or you know, no one thinks about making clothes in the community now. Uh, mm. And it was a, it was an extra sadness because that was something else that was lost, nothing to do with that. But to me, it was like another, another thing that I've got to grieve and mourn here. Yeah. And I also noticed, I'm sure you did too, how copper, the copper was exactly as it would have been that afternoon. It hadn't eroded at all. No. The gutters, some pans, and most of all, really tellingly, the telephone wires mm. and the tram lines. For some reason, there was a tram in this village. It's in the middle of nowhere, but they had a tram, and all the tram wires were there. Because they're copper. And they yeah, looked they're so delicate, and you mm. thought, how the hell have they survived? Yeah. And, and it gave it such an immediacy. Uh, and it, I tell you what, I thought it gave it such an immediacy when I looked at it, because no movie, no, even if it's Steven Spielberg, would mm. ever put the tram lines up. So it was a bit of detail that was... It was. It was. It was. It couldn't be duplicated by anyone faking it, or it could be. But, but it's maybe so it had. But you wouldn't focus on it in the same way. I think you were. I guess. I guess. Do you know what it was, guy? It wasn't. That, it wasn't even that. It was the fact that when what happened was, you would look around, and every human has these defences, and you think, okay, I can handle this. I can handle it. And then you would. You would look around, and in a moment, you would just think, you would see something like the tram lines, which was so delicate, or I saw a bicycle which had obviously been blown by an explosion onto the top of a wall and was still there, balancing on a wall. There were a lot of bicycles. And I just thought... There were a lot just, of bicycles. It was this moment where you just thought, oh, my God, I just wasn't prepared for that. And it would just get... It would, like an arrow going through the joints in armour, it would just, you know, would pierce you. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Actually, and, and I, I had a real sense of like mm. hiding, finding a place to hide in the village, and getting oh, into that's what I was doing, looking thinking, where would I hide? Where would I hide? And then, oh my God, they're getting closer. They're coming down the street. The oomph, bam! They're knocking down the yeah, door. Yeah, you can, I hear, can the, hear the steps. You can hear the half track, and, yeah, the, and I can hear the boots coming up the, uh, the stairs, the screaming, me. and a real unadulterated terror. I really felt the I felt terror it. there. I, I really felt the terror. It, it was a really powerful, wonderful, because it, it was a life without any of, they didn't need the filter of art. I understand that people do want the filter of art, but it didn't need it. Well, it has it as a focal point, to be fair, Guy. It's not a filter. There was a big, a kind of a 2017 um, uh, visitor centre uh, with a kind of um, a memorial bit of art. Looked a bit Richard Serra, uh, Paul thought. Mm. Opened by um, Monsieur Macron. Mm. Monsieur Macron. And, but that, to me, it didn't do anything for it at all. And luckily it was quite far away. It didn't matter. You know, you just walk, I walked straight through that. But um, I really... And, and the cemetery, at the cemetery there was a sort of big lump of stone which was some kind of artistic response to it. Totally, 100% unnecessary. The installation was the most powerful installation. And you went from, from by the time you'd read a bit about it, you knew kind of where, where, you, were, you, where you were going to find the groups of them, where they were burnt out. Like the women and the children were sent into the church. And we got into the church and Paul said, and Paul found the melted bell. Paul found it was there. He identified the melted bell to me. Well, it didn't look like a bell, did it? No, it was like a great molten knob of, of, of green of metal. metal. Yeah. It was bronze. And, and then I saw on the First World War 
commemoration inside the church, there were bullet holes across the list of the dead people, the dead men from yeah, the First yeah, yeah. World War. While shooting the women and the children, they had shot through, they put bullet holes through the last, you know, the commemoration of the last war. God, it was heavy, wasn't it? And I wouldn't have missed it for the world, though, I have to tell you that. Yeah, I wouldn't. I was absolutely God, it was just an incredible experience. And not in a... It sounds like tourism, but honestly, it was so moving. I know, it's something to say. It was and so it, I, moving. And I, got feel. I got angry and angry during it. <laughs> you did. And he came out furious. Yeah, and I did think, you know, why do the French trust these guys more than they... Why are they, why are they joined in now with these guys who did these, these Germans? To try and do us in, you know. Yeah, you really, t- you really took objection. You t- took that? exception to the use of the word Nazi. Yeah, totally. It was Nazi. This is where the Nazis herded the men into this grange and and, and brouillon, you know, killed them and then burnt them. And I thought, why does it not say Germans? It's like saying that the Tories invaded the Falklands. They you did. Know, no, you would say the British <laughs> invaded the Falklands. <laughs> yeah, but guys, I've got news for you. <laughs> They fucking did. <laughs> you don't say when the Tories invaded the Falklands. The Tories did invade the <laughs> We do in my circles. <laughs> anyway, and, and it anyway. really annoyed me the way it kept saying Nazis. Well, actually, we say Maggie when Maggie invaded the Falklands. Right, okay. So it's like saying Hitler. People say Hitler a lot, don't they? When Hitler yeah, invaded yeah, France. If they, if they had done that to my village, Oh, I guess you've got to forgive and forget. I haven't. I, well, I come from an Irish. I come from an Irish family, you know. And what you lot did to us was not particularly nice. A different case. Oh, really? What, like the potato famine, for instance? Starving men, women, and children deliberately in order to further your political. El- uh, anyway, when aims. we when we oh, what about what about when we gunning left, down when we left par- using paratroopers against innocent women and children on the streets of Northern Ireland. You think when, that's when we left that very moving well, memorial... I, oh, what, are we skipping and we, over and this guy? We are. Skipping over like a stone. <laughs> indeed. The, the reader is not interested in Irish The reader. History. I love you and your reader. You're an imaginary reader. <laughs> the audience. Do you know what, guy? I'd like, do you know what I'd like to do? I'd like, someday I'd like to do an identikit picture of what your reader looks like. <laughs> a lot more intelligent than you, that's for certain. Not as handsome, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, at this point, we are. Guy and I.